Our scripture lesson today comes from Micah 6, 6 through 8. With what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before God on high? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has told you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God? This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So we're continuing today our uh, series on major messages for minor prophets. And today, as you've heard, we're looking at the prophet Micah. But now, as, as we do continue this series, I want to go ahead and give a little warning here. You see, I'm going to try to be delicate about this. If you want to keep your faith, your church, your Jesus, exactly as you always have thought about them, then this sermon series is going to be difficult. It's going to be challenging. In fact, I honestly will not hold it against a single person who feels like they may want to have words with me, whether, you know, nice words or not-so-nice words. Because what we're talking about here, these are supposed to be things that challenge us, things that make us uncomfortable, because it's only once we become uncomfortable that we seek out change. And so, I would even go so far as to say that if you are not made comfortable, if, that you, if you are not made uncomfortable by this conversation, then I might actually be failing as a pastor. So, let's dive in. Today, we are hearing a word from the prophet Micah. And it's, it's going to be difficult for me to uh, continue through the sermon because I, I'm going to feel like I'm referring to myself in the third person. But let's get one thing straight. I am not the prophet Micah. I'm just Micah. Uh, the prophet Micah has done far more for humanity than I ever could hope to. But it's still going to be odd referring to myself, seeming like I'm referring to myself in the third person through here. So we'll, we'll get through it. Micah, not me. Micah was a prophet just before the exile of the northern and southern kingdoms of Israel and Judah. So Micah was around, started prophesying about uh, 737-ish BCE all the way into uh, the like 680s. Um, Micah is just a common person. There's nothing really extraordinary about him. He's a common person, lives in a rural part of the southern kingdom of Judah, uh, not too far outside of Bethlehem, uh, excuse me, not Bethlehem, not too far outside of Jerusalem. And as a common person, he wants to speak out against corruption and idolatry of people in power. Micah is not happy about the way that his people are being treated by those who should be servants of the people. Micah brings a message from God to the people saying that Jerusalem will be destroyed because the rich are taking advantage of the poor and the people in power were taking advantage of the common people because the majority were oppressing the minority. 
You can see this in Micah chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. Uh, check it out for yourself. We're just going to jump right into the pain of it all. And what does the climax of Micah say? In the midst of all of this, Micah is coming out with this, with this great message to the people in power. By the way, that's what prophets do. They speak truth to power. Micah comes with this message as a common person. There's nothing really extraordinary about his life. He wasn't born into wealth. He wasn't born into fame or fortune. He is just a common person. And he's calling out the people in power saying, you can't treat people this way. Otherwise, you're just going to destroy yourselves. Spoiler alert, they end up destroying themselves. But we get to the climax of Micah in chapter 6. Uh, and and wh what does Micah say as this kind of resolution or the remedy for the coming destruction? It's all wrapped up in verse 8. Micah brings forth this message saying, essentially, if you don't want destruction, you know what to do. Verse 8. He, God, has told you, O mortal, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. Verse 8 has become a cute little motto for Christians. It's so easy to put uh, to put on a sign or a little tattoo or something like that. Just some friendly reminder, hey, do justice, love kindness, walk humbly with God, and, you know, it'll, be, it'll all be good. It's become this cute little motto for Christians because it's something from the Old Testament which we don't really talk about near often enough, and it's something that's really simple and easy to remember. But as we take on this motto from verse 7, do we actually know what God is saying here? Do we know what's being asked of us? Look at the verses leading up to this almost battle anthem of Christianity. Verse 6, With what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before God on high? Shall I come with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of armies, with, ten, with thousands of rams? With ten thousand rivers of oil, shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? With what shall I come before the Lord? In other words, this is another conversation about what is important to God. We kind of started this conversation last week with Amos, and we're going to keep diving into it a little bit. What is important to God? What does God want? What can we do to please God? In order to get into this conversation, we need to start by considering what we think is important to God. Micah asks, With what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before God on high? And then he lists off all of these, these great offerings, the greatest offerings that he could think of to bring before God saying, you know, is this good enough? Is this good enough? Is this good enough? What can I come before God and it be good enough? And then as he's 
bringing forward all of these different things, rams and oil and, and even his firstborn child at one point, when he's bringing forth all of these things, it makes me wonder, what would we say? If, if I were to ask, with what shall we come before the Lord and bow ourselves before God on high? What would we say here at Spring Hill Avenue United Methodist Church? Would we say, with loud hymn singing, with wearing my best clothes to church, with reserving Sunday morning for church only, with filling the offering plate more than the next person? With what shall we come before the Lord? What is good enough? And then we get to verse 8. Micah speaks on God's behalf. He has told you. You already know. He has told you, O oh, oh mortal, what is good and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, to love mercy, to walk humbly with your God. And this passage has always struck a, a certain chord with me not because it's, it's easy to just remember, do justice, love kindness, walk humbly with your God. But because at the beginning it says, he has told you what is good. In other words, you already know. And I think about that, and, I, and, and, and it should click, right? We should already know without even having to ask what God wants from us, what is important to God. And so, what does that look like? What does it look like to live our lives based on what God wants, what God thinks is good? For He has told you, O oh mortal, what is good. God has already told us. And so, we're going to break down verse 8 here into the three different sections, the three different categories, do justice, love kindness, walk humbly. And as we do break apart these three different categories, I want you to notice that each one of these things is focused on a different way that human beings exist among one another. As an individual, as a group, and as a people. And yes, group and people are two different things. So look out for these as we dive into this. We'll start with do justice. This is what the Lord says is good. Justice, justice, this word, justice is systemically focused. And what I mean by that is justice is concerned with human beings as a systemic people, as a people who use systems to operate together. Nothing wrong with systems until a system is broken and then you have to make repairs. The, this action, whenever we're, we're thinking about justice, has to do with us existing as a system of people. And so we need to understand that systems are all around us. I mean, literally everywhere. Uh, things like the school system. School systems, that's a system. Healthcare system. Legal system. And so on and so forth. And if you need a little convincing that justice is systemically oriented, systemically focused, then just go and look up this Hebrew word that shows up here in Micah 
that word justice there, to do justice, that word is mishpat. And mishpat, it's a legal term. It means to act justly according to the law. It's a legal term, systemically oriented. And so what we read here is that God desires justice in our systems, whether it be our school systems, our healthcare systems, our legal systems. Oh, we can keep on going in, in every single system, our political systems, in, in, the, in any different way that human beings operate as a people group, as, a, as an entire people, then we see God wants justice there. And justice, that can be kind of an ambiguous term, so justice means treating people fairly and equitably in the very structures which make up our society. So in every single system around us, the housing system, uh, the, uh, the way that our industries are set up, job security, payments, maybe even wage gaps, we could go on and on, I mean, on and on and on about the different systems around us. And we need to recognize, though, that any time we see uh, a, a way in which multiple people act together, that is a system, we need to recognize God is looking for justice there. Do justice. So, what is important to God? Right here, I would love to do an interactive thing. You know, I like to get y'all talking and moving. So I would love to do an interactive thing. And even though you're not here and I'm just staring at the, the stuffed animals, which are so cute right now, I still want you to respond to me and we'll just pretend, uh, I'll just pretend like you're yelling as loud as you can. So I'm gonna ask you, what is important to God? And you're going to say, justice. Okay, so what is important to God? Yes, absolutely, justice. Justice is important to God in our systems. Then we move on to the second part, love, kindness. Kindness is interpersonally related. This is the group-based aspect. This action of what God sees as good is concerned with how one person treats another person. Kindness it has to do with how much we let other people mean to us. In other words, if someone is important to you, then you often deal more kindly with them than if they don't mean much to you. Now, a little disclaimer here. Being kind is not the same thing as being nice. We can be kind with those who matter to us without being nice, necessarily. I would love to unpack the differences there, but maybe you understand that kindness and niceness are not the same things. You know, like, uh, like uh, yelling at your kid when they're about to put a fork in an outlet. Yelling may not be nice, but yelling at them so they don't electrocute themselves is kind. Okay, there's an example. So, like I said, if someone is important to you, then you often deal more kindly with them. And when someone is not as significant to us, then we tend to treat them less than those we care about. When God says that loving kindness is good, we should hear these words. Make each person you come in contact with important to you. Make each person you come in contact with important to you. And when we hear these words in the context of Micah, whenever we hear that God 
says that loving kindness is good in the context of Micah, who, by the way, is a common, almost impoverished person speaking out on behalf of his people, we should hear, make each person who is suffering matter to you. Make each person who is suffering matter to you. So, here's it's time for our call and response again. What is important to God? Kindness. All right, well, let's try that one again because I didn't hear you that time. What is important to God? Kindness. Yes, absolutely. And then we move into the third thing. Walk humbly with your God. Humility is personally focused. Humility has to do with the individual. There's no one else that, uh, that needs to play a part in humility. It's just about me, or it's just about you. It's just about the one person. So recognize here, we've been going from justice, which is systemically focused, to kindness, which is interpersonally focused, to humility, which is personally or individually focused. This action of what God sees as good is concerned with how we view ourselves. Walking humbly with God means that we recognize that we cannot make it through this journey alone. Life is difficult. We need a dose of humility to recognize we cannot and should not try to tackle it alone. Rather, every step we take should be right alongside God's own steps. And where does God walk? Where is God going on this journey? Read through any chapter of the Bible and you will see that God chooses to walk among those whom we deem as the least, the lost, the lonely, and the unloved. And so, whenever, whenever we start thinking about what it means to walk humbly with God and recognizing that we may need to take a couple of deep breaths and understand that we are not the most important person in the world, what God is calling us to do is to recognize that there are other people in the world who need to be seen as important, perhaps right now more than ever. Walking humbly with God calls us to dramatically reshape the way we live our lives. It means we no longer walk for our own goal, but instead we join the path leading to God's goal. It's very easy for us to get caught up in our own agenda and what we think is best, but walking humbly with God means that we start looking for what God thinks is best and recognizing that what God thinks is best has always been the flourishing of human beings. God always has and always will be on the side of the suffering and oppressed. We are called not to think too highly of ourselves, but to think of ourselves as those who should stand with those in need. So, I ask, what is important to God? Is it humility? Let's find out. What is important to God? Yes, humility. I'm just pretending like you're on the other side of this screen or phone or whatever uh, yelling back at me, justice, kindness, humility. And that's what we're talking about here today. These three things, God has very clearly said, these are good 
not the offerings of rams, fatted calves, rivers of oil, even our firstborn child that Micah tries to throw in there. But rather, what God seeks more than anything is justice, kindness, and humility. And so my challenge for each and every one of us today is simply to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with our God. It's a challenge to recognize what God calls good might be different from what we feel like God wants. God desires justice, kindness, and humility. And above all, love. As we keep unpacking through this series on major messages from minor prophets, we're going to keep hearing these kinds of words. These minor prophets calling out to the people in power, pay attention! God is calling you to a different life. A life of justice, a life of kindness, a life of humility. And we need to recognize that those three things happen on different levels. Humility starts right here with us. Kindness then extends out to us, out, out from us to others around us, and it has to do with how we relate to others. And justice extends beyond those around us to all of the people within our context, recognizing that God desires all people to be treated fairly and equitably not for 1% to be treated as way more than everybody else, not even for 10% to be treated more than anybody else, but for all people to be treated equitably. So let us no longer be a people who worship God without serving God and others. Let us be a people who do justice, who love kindness, and who walk humbly with our God. And let us pray.